This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Transfer Show. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you as always for joining me. Thank you as always for making this a part of your morning routines. It is very much appreciated. Um, I'm wrapped up warm this morning because I'm already prepared, prepped and ready to leave the house uh, in a little bit because I'm going to be heading up to London Colney for Arsenal's open training session ahead of their Champions League game against PSV, a game in which it means... Absolutely nothing yet. It has got some interesting narratives to it, of course, because with it being a complete dead rubber of a game, it means that Arsenal have some interesting choices to make regarding their eleven. Now, after the defeat against Aston Villa at the weekend, there is arguably an emphasis on making sure that Arsenal win this game to build up some momentum going into that weekend fixture against Brighton. However, if it was me, I'm the personally the one that's going to be looking to see as much resting of key players as possible, given they're a full weeks rest ahead of that game against Brighton. Brighton, of course, will be playing uh, against, I think it's, is it Marseille on the final game? Or Ajax, one of those uh, in their group that that they've got to face before they uh, confirm their own qualification. So it's not going to be particularly easy for them um, to ensure their own qualification this time around. So it's going to be interesting, um, but I'm going to be heading up to London Colney a little bit later on uh, this morning, and so I'm, that's why I'm prepped and ready to go. Right, shall we jump into the chat box? I think we should. Good morning to Valor. Good morning to Blackshine. Good morning to Glenn. Uh, good morning to Paul and Jimbo and Martin. Good morning to Old Dave and Damien and Dow. Um, we've got Arasilki. We've got Ray. We've got Pam. Maximius runs with cows. Uh, Peter. Angela, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. It is very much appreciated. Um, and do drop a like on the video and do subscribe to the channel if you are new around here where those notifications turn on so you never miss a show. But without further ado, we're going to jump straight into today's stories. First of all, where else to start? But a fantastic victory 
for Arsenal in the WSL yesterday against Chelsea. 4-1 win with goals from Alessia Russo, Alstedt and, of course, Beth Mead getting back on the score sheet. Fantastic goal from Mead to open the proceedings early on in the game. Just eight minutes in, Arsenal managed to get on the score sheet and were pegged back five minutes later as Kenny Erd, um was in place. To, uh, it was another, again, a really fantastic finish, cutting inside left footed strike. Uh, Lowe's Innsberger had no chance getting her hands down to it. But uh, Arsenal responded uh, around 26 minutes later. Uh, sorry, 23 minutes later as Amanda Alstedt headed in from a corner. She has proven to be a fantastic person in the air. Um, she's headed in a, a number of goals for both club and country. She was doing it all the time in the box of Sweden during that World Cup. So Arsenal have got a real asset. They've invested in some experience in, in Arlstedt, and she's certainly paying off that investment for sure, as is, of course, really the match winner of the game, Alessia Russo, who scored twice. Uh, first of all, with a fantastic finish on the left-hand side, finishing uh, across the keeper, and then, of course, the penalty in the second half to really confirm things. Arsenal could have had five, six, seven. Blackstenius missed a number of opportunities to score. So did Chloe Lacasse as well. Arsenal could have easily won this game by a huge amount. And Chelsea could have very easily gone down to 10 as well as James stamping down under the eyes of the referee, under the eyes of VAR, and not given... It was staggering to see this not checked and changed to a red card because it was, as we saw in the World Cup, it seems a little bit in James's character to do these kind of despicable, off-the-ball, painful acts onto her opponent. So, yeah, I think James needs to kind of... She's one of England's best players, without a doubt, you know, and from an English perspective, we want to see James succeeding. From a Chelsea perspective, obviously far less so, but she has to remove this element from her game because... It could have cost England significantly in the World Cup. Thankfully, they progressed the final without her. But maybe the momentum that she lost by not playing those games leading up to the final ended up being critical in her own kind of lackluster performance in the final against Spain. And again, um, showing that frustration and annoyance in in what she can bring to a team with that stamp against Arsenal yesterday. So, yeah, uh, Arsenal come out 4-1 winners in the end. And uh, really open up the title race in the WSL because Arsenal are now 22 points level on that with Chelsea. They are only three points, uh, three goals, sorry, behind Chelsea on goal difference. The other games of the day, Man City beating Villa and Manchester United beating Spurs 4-0, which are the kind of the key games in terms of the title race because Man City are on 19 points, three behind Arsenal, and Man United are on 18 points, four points behind Arsenal. But it is certainly... Very exciting indeed. Arsenal's games without Champions League, of course, coming up. We've got an FA WSL Cup game against Tottenham before another North London derby away at Spurs on December 16th. So in five days' time, we've got two, we've got two games in the space of four days. So hopefully uh, the ladies can get the result that they need to get in both of those games. Now, um, moving into the Premier League results from yesterday, some very interesting scorelines. Everton 2, Chelsea nil. Chelsea losing twice in one day. And it was indeed very glorious. Uh, Everton are producing some fantastic football now this season under Sean Dyche uh, after, of course, a really difficult start. And then, of course, the situation whereby they found themselves deducted 10 points and into that relegation zone. Well, they're now very much out of it. They're four points clear of Luton Town, who lost only narrowly to Manchester City. That victory at uh, Kenilworth Road really is looking like a good result. Liverpool, of course, only drew there. Man City very nearly losing and even drawing themselves. So a big result for Man City away from home and without Erling Haaland, who apparently has a stress on 
his foot bone, which I'm not sure the details of it exactly are, but Pep Guardiola was very important to stress that it was not indeed a break and just stress on the bone uh, of his foot. Uh, I want to make that very clear and enunciate that correctly. Uh, Fulham won 5 new against the West Ham United side that David Ornstein is reported was suffering from illness. Um, so that perhaps uh, explains why Fulham were so comfortable in their victory against West Ham. And in the late kickoff of the day, Newcastle did not turn up in North London at all as Tottenham eased to a 4-1 victory over Newcastle. They had chances to score and wasted them. Spurs, on the other hand, Richarlison getting uh, on the score sheet himself. I mean, when when Richarlison's scoring, you know that the other team are having a particularly great day. Uh, So Spurs getting back that form that they desperately needed to get because, of course, um, they've significantly struggled in the last few games. I think they've won in their last five matches. So they needed to make sure they got a result, and they did that. And uh, talking about the potential table, I don't know why it says uh, press conference, but the EPL table uh, is in front of you on your screens now. Of course, the weekend result means that Arsenal do drop into second place. Liverpool moving into that lead spot uh, with 37 points, one point ahead of Arsenal. Aston Villa on 35 points, one point behind Arsenal as well. Man City on 33. They've closed the gap to Arsenal to three points to the top by four points. Spurs have closed the gap to just six points. They're in fifth. Manchester United's defeat at home against Bournemouth sees them slip uh, and continue down the table in sixth. 27 points. Newcastle unable to take over Manchester United and sit on 26 points, as do Brighton, of course, who we play next weekend. West Ham in ninth on 24. Fulham in 10th on 21. Brentford in 11th on 19. And you have to go down to 12th in the table to see where Chelsea are on also 19 points. That's the same amount of points, by the way. 11th, 12th, 13th, Wolves, 14th, Bournemouth, all on 19 points. And it's not going to get too much easier, you know, for Chelsea either. Chelsea's next game is at home, sure, to Sheffield United. But Sheffield United just got a massive victory against Brentford. And you'd usually have that as a sure thing for Chelsea to beat Sheffield United. But you can't ever be so sure now either. So... It's a very interesting Premier League table, but as I said, Everton at the start of this, moving out of the uh, relegation zone, not in a forest as well, five points clear of that zone. So uh, that bottom three, all of the promoted sides are on the way down at the moment. Now, I spoke to Martin Odegaard after the game against uh, Aston Villa at the weekend. Of course, those quotes released late last night. So just to give you some background into what he said following the game against uh, Aston Villa, he says, we have to focus on ourselves. We can't think too much about the other stuff. We have to look at ourselves, look at what we could have done better. And I think especially in front of the goal, we should have done a bit better to score in some periods of the game and we should have controlled it a bit more. As I said, we did enough to get a result, but we have to be more ruthless in front of goal. He admitted as well that he personally should have done better as well with his own shooting on the night, which I think we can all agree is very true. I did ask him about his thoughts on the Havertz goal and he says, I haven't seen it when at the time... Uh, we spoke to him literally minutes after the final whistle. He says he heard it was a close call, but I don't want to say too much. But of course, it is annoying and frustrating to see that at the end. Uh, Simon Collings asked him about moving on to the next game and looking ahead to PSV. And he said, of course, every time we play, we want to win. And it's another big game for us in a big tournament. So it's a good moment to strike back. And that's what we're going to do, which is a really interesting comment to hear. Um, Martin Odegaard talk specifically kind of about um, the, the the game on Tuesday because it is a game that means nothing really in, in any kind of competitive sense. Neither side needs to win this game. Neither side has to win this game. Um, I suppose that there is a monetary benefit to winning it. You do get more money for a win in the Champions League. So Arsenal will be aware of that, but uh, may choose to forego 
uh, the guaranteed money they could get by playing a very strong team and winning this game by um, by, by obviously resting players and, and hoping that they have enough to uh, to get the points the weekend against Brighton by giving them a full rest. To give you a bit of insight into what Brighton, of course, have to deal with this week with their Europa League group stage still very much on the way. They do indeed play uh, Marseille at home in their final game of their Europa League group stage. Um, they are already through Brighton, but they can go through as group winners. Um, if they beat Marseille, they will go through um, So as, as group winners. But if Marseille avoid defeat, of course, that means that they will go through as group winners as well. Right. Last story to talk about today before we go to part two is Latara Martinez. However, there is incredibly frustrating on my side because he is one of the centre forwards that I would quite like Arsenal to go for but it seems that that is not going to be the case because despite previous links to the centre forward who plays for Argentina World Cup winner of course and Champions League finalist with Inter Milan it, de- it does seem that he will be staying with Inter as a contract is imminent for the forward and so Arsenal sadly won't be getting their hands on Lautaro Martinez because he is closing in on a brand new deal. Uh, there's also suggestions that other clubs like Napoli and Ozymen are also in talk. So that could move out of the periphery of Arsenal's vision as well. So Arsenal will need to get their work done early and start planning ahead and doing the things they need to do ahead of that summer window to make sure that they can try and get the targets that they want if they are indeed moving for a centre forward in the summer, which I don't expect them to do in January. Right, let's move to part two and your questions for a very quick part two right after this. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right. Um, We're going to jump into the chat now and get some of your thoughts and some of your questions answered from um, for our part two Q&A section. So let's go to GQ says there's no VAR, Tom, as I understand it. Uh, For what? Um, What what do I need VAR for? They don't have VR in the women's game. Wow. Really? I swear is it in the Champions League they do, though, because I remember watching a number of Champions League games where they've definitely had VAR. So I've made the the lazy assumption that it also exists in the WSL as well. But uh, I was worried. I was wondering why that stamp wasn't checked. Um, and there's your answer, because they don't have VAR in the WSL. But they definitely have it in the Champions League. They had it in the Women's World Cup as well. But yeah, very, very strange indeed. I remember Emma Hayes moaning about uh, the officiating at the uh, at the Bernabeu earlier. Was it the Bernabeu? Was the game against Real Madrid played there? I'm not sure. But certainly when Chelsea played Real Madrid in the 
Women's Champions League, she was concerned about the uh, the decision making of it. Um, let's go to Derek says, do you feel that the fatigue may have played an effect on the game on Saturday? It seems a lot of our players are carrying knocks um, and they also may have had an effect. Potentially. Um, Arsenal have played a lot of games, of course, this season um, already with Champions League and League Cup games. Two of those have already gone through. So they've played the maximum number of games they possibly could play so far as a team. And with the number of injuries that we've got to key players, that has meant that a lot of players have, of course, played more minutes than maybe we were expecting them to play. It could be playing an effect, which is why I think that obviously tomorrow night I want to see as little change as feasibly possible for that game. Ideally, play the kids. Ethan Ranieri, of course, I think deserves a chance. He scored five goals for Arsenal's under-18s in a win of their, I think, their under-18s youth cup fixture. So against Crew, why not? Bring Ethan Nguyenary in for that game. Miles Lewis Skelly, give him a chance. Of course, we've got a lot of fringe players that need minutes. Elneny, Kivior, Cedric, Ramsdale, Enketia, Nelson. Uh, give them chances to play as well. I imagine Trossard will probably play this game, maybe, unless we want to use one of the kids as well up top. I think we've got lots of opportunities to play these players. So let's go and do that because we don't need to use it as anything other than a fitness saving exercise and an opportunity for some of the young players as well. Um, Sabre says, given Arteta's reluctance to use Nelson, why do you think we kept him? Has he done something wrong in training? No, I don't think so. I think he's just that he's just that far down the pecking order at the end of the day. He's just further down than, than most other players as well. And so for that reason, um, he's not going to get as many minutes as as we might want him to get. I think that the contract, of course, falls in line with a lot of other players at the similar age. There's no issue about the amount of money that we paid him. And also it protects his, him financially. If Arsenal want to sell him, they've got the option to do that. Um, Mark says, deluded, Tom. It's always a good way to start a comment. Usually gets my attention. <laughs> not that that's a hint. <laughs> Blaming refs when we were not good enough. Desperately need a striker. Um, it's funny because Jesus is involved in most of the attacks. Mux, I don't think, is... Uh, has got his head screwed on tight enough this morning because uh, he's certainly not getting it right today. Uh, Derek says, would love to see massive changes for the game in the Champions League. Me too, mate. Uh, Peter says, Rule Waters deserves a chance. He's been up on the bench a lot. Indeed, I'd be playing Rule Waters in this team. Probably right-sided centre-back for this game um, with Cedric to his right. And then you've got Kivior who can play um, you know, left centre-back. You've got Lino Soza that could play at left-back as well. Jorginho Elneny. Uh, Nueneri in the midfield, maybe Miles Skelly instead of Jorginho if you want to. Um, Miles Lewis Skelly, rather, instead of Jorginho if you want to. That's also an option. Uh, Fuad says, Tom, surely Arsenal can work out a way where both men's and women's teams can share the Emirates Stadium, especially if they keep getting those numbers of attendances. Yeah, it was a record, I think, for the WSL yesterday and the Emirates. Fantastic to see. I imagine that they are trying to get more, but I think there is also a plan. There's rumours, suggestions that a dedicated stadium could be built um, for the women's team um, specifically. So we won't, there won't be a sharing of the Emirates because there'll be a, their own stadium built for, uh, for their games. I don't know how big that stadium will be, but if you're getting, you know, upwards of 40,000 tickets on a regular basis being sold, maybe that tells you what you, you need to, to consider, you know, when it comes to, when it comes to making those decisions. So it's difficult, but I think that it's, it's difficult to share it because obviously they're going to be weekends where Arsenal are playing at home in both the men's and women's teams. So it's it's difficult. But I think there are certainly suggestions that a separate stadium could be built for the women's team. But how big that needs to be is a, is a question mark because the game's growing all the time. And uh, we are getting to a, fa- a phase where, you know, as, as they point out in the chat box, 59,000 tickets 
says John, were sold for the game against Chelsea. It was the highest profile game of the season at home in the in, in the WSL with no Champions League game. So it's not surprising that we sold that many tickets, whereas other games might not sell that many tickets. But it's something that clubs certainly need to to think about. But with fixture scheduling, you can't just base it off of the men's game, obviously, because a lot of other teams are playing different teams at the same time. So very, very hard. Very hard. Um I don't know where the stadium would be built if they indeed do build it, hopefully local to Highbury. It's difficult to know where you'd, you'd build it um, because obviously Highbury has been converted into flats, as we well know. Um, I don't know where the space might be. It's tricky in, in North London to find a space to build a brand new stadium. Um, so, yeah, very difficult. Mark says, will there be a preview show? Good luck to whoever's predicting the starting lineups. Uh, potentially. Uh, it's a busy day, but uh, potentially we will otherwise we'll combine it in tomorrow morning's show as well. Um, Fizzy says the Arteta I know won't make more than four to five changes to the team that with at least two of those also coming on as subs maybe maybe that's what we'll have to see um, Fizzy potentially but uh, yeah I, I don't think that I, I don't think it's unrealistic to not expect him um, to, to to not necessarily make as many changes maybe we would like to see I think he'd still want to win the game so yeah, I, I just wouldn't, as Darren says here, Tom, as the PSP game is away, I presume the players that are not selected will stay in London for recovery and light training. I wouldn't be taking Saka. I wouldn't be taking Rice. I wouldn't be taking Saliba or um, Gabriel. I wouldn't be taking the key players that need this rest. Jesus, give him a rest. Martinelli, give him a rest. You can take Trossard. I think that's fine. Take Trossard along. Um, remember that obviously there is a Champions League list of players so you are in a position where you have to choose players that you've selected on that list unless you are under a certain age, then you can still be picked. And you also have to remember that there is a UEFA Youth Cup game as well. There is a UEFA Youth Cup game that plays at the same time. We play against PSV in that. I don't think we've done particularly well. I don't even know if we've won a single game in the UEFA Youth Cup this season. Let me have a quick check. Um, table, UEFA Youth Cup, where I think we might be bottom of our group. Uh, Last time I checked, we weren't doing very well at all. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're out. So we've drawn one, lost four. So no matter what happens, we're already out of the UEFA Youth Cup. So um, I don't think I, I, I don't think there's any need to to take any others, give some of the under 18s a chance in the UEFA Youth Cup, and then use some of the under 21s if you like in the uh, in this game tomorrow. I think that's probably the most sensible thing to do. Matt G says, Tom, have you ever heard of a Brentford striker called Tony? I think that's his name. Do you think we should go for him? I haven't. I can't say I have, Matt. No, I, I'll have to do a little bit more research. A little bit more. Um, Dow says, do you think that Lewis Skelly is too small to play effectively in the Prem as an eight or a six? No, I don't. There's a lot of eight or sixes that are on the smaller side. He's also still a teenager. Still got a lot of growing to do. Um, so, yeah, it's not to suggest that the size that he is now is the size he is always going to be. He is on the smaller side, for sure. But, it's, you know, I think some of the best centre midfielders have been like that. You know, lower centre of gravity. Santi Cazorla always springs to mind as a fantastic player who was on the smaller side that did amazingly well and could use that lower centre of gravity to their uh, to their advantage. Uh, ben says, would the revenue in the women's game allow us to build a new stadium? Surely that costs like 500 million in London prices. Again, I don't know the details, Ben. It's one of the, and it's an important question. You know, so it's a very good question. It has to be cost effective to the club. It has to work in their favour. Um, so yeah, it depends. Maybe it just is an extension or maybe it's an improvement of the current Meadow Park. You know, maybe that's um, what we intend to do. But uh 
it's, it's difficult to know without getting any extra details, but certainly one that's worth potentially chasing up on. Um, let's go to Chilo says, would you try to poach any strikers slash wingers from the teams in the bottom half of the table in January? Hmm. Would I take any players and forwards? I mean, Pedro Neto, obviously, from Wolves is one that we we quite like. Um, other than that, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't see anyone from Sheffield or Burnley or Luton or Everton or Forest or Palace. Maybe Elise, but obviously, or, or Eze. But again, I don't see that being realistic in January. Um Bournemouth, Semenyo's had a good season, but no, don't think so. Tavernier's had a good season again, but no. Wolves, as I've already mentioned, Neto is the obvious one that stands out. Chelsea, um, no, don't think I'd take any of their wingers either. Um, Brentford and Buemo's had a really good season, but again, don't think, you know, I'd rather sign a different, a better forward than him. And Fulham, no, I don't think I would. So, no, is the answer to the question other than Pedro Neto, or um, uh, did I say anybody else? Oh, Elise or Eze. Yeah, they're probably the only three that I'd I'd go for. So Elise, Eze and, and Neto are the only players I think I'd sign from the bottom half of the table. Uh, Akoya says, what about Cole Palmer as a backup for Saka? Maybe, maybe. I think Chelsea fans hyped Palmer up way too quickly. <laughs> way too quickly. I mean, they started saying that like he was better signing than Havertz was. And I think that Havertz has gradually started to prove that that's not the case. Um, Anza says, Tom, do you know Brentford have scored more goals without Tony than with Tony at the same stage of the season? Answer, I didn't know that. And I'm very, very grateful that you've brought that to my attention. If that is indeed true, then I have got an article idea right there. So thank you. I will definitely check that answer. Um, but that's a fantastic stat. That's a fantastic stat. And it's certainly because Mbwemo, as I said before, for me, is a more valuable player because he brings in other players into the team. And as I said before, I think I'd rather have Mbwemo sign than Tony. Very, very, very interesting, that stat. So thank you, answer. See, it's why I appreciate you being in this chat box. Uh, Derek says, Tom, I uh, have to say I've been really impressed with Havertz. He's getting better and better. It's crazy that I didn't see it. It's not crazy that you didn't see it. A lot of people didn't. And I didn't for a while. You know, I was concerned. I think people had a right to be concerned about Kai Havertz. I don't think people had a right to be, you know, to the point where they're saying we should sell him or he's terrible. And trust me, I've got receipts. So don't you worry. If Havertz starts to bang it in come the end of this season and we get a really good result, you're going to be exposed, people. <laughs> um, but uh, certainly with Havertz, I think that people have a right to be concerned. People have a right to be um, wary and admit that it's definitely a risk of a signing. But it's great to see him improving. I thought he had a good game against Villa. I know that result wasn't great. And I think frustratingly, we won't necessarily appreciate Havertz's contribution to that game because we didn't win. Um, but I thought he had another good performance in the game against Villa and was important in the way that we were playing. And to be honest, if it wasn't for that stupid rule, um, he probably again would be on the score sheet um, with another goal and uh, an important one at the back post with another cross to the back post once again. So, yeah, very frustrating because the rule is broken and is absolutely silly. But uh, it's the way that it goes, isn't it? Now, Omar says, don't worry, Tom, we will get better and run smoothly. We'll give... Uh, a befitting response to the referees and the haters. I really, really hope that we do. Uh, old Dave says, uh, did I hear the same that Rodri has played 33 games in a row without losing, but yet the last five games City have played without Rodri, they've not won. That 
probably sounds about right. He is incredibly important for their team. Incredibly important. Uh, Flo Show says, uh, what is going on with Partey? We need him back in the team with Rice. Again, he's very much still on the road to recovery. He posted an Instagram story. You may have heard him on the bike the other day. He's working back to full fitness, going through rehab. I'd be surprised to see him in this year. I think we'll see him in January. Um, but, uh, I, you know, never say never. Never say never. Uh, Fuad says, in the NFL, there is a rule where if there's a controversial officiating decision in a game, then there is a pool of reporters who can get picked out to go to the ref after the game and get clarification on the decision. I think that's a great rule and certainly one that should be implemented in the Premier League. Uh, Unique says, uh, you once said midfield is where we need strength. I think our lack of strikers uh, is is the bigger problem. I disagree. I think the priority has to be midfield. We need more. I think we also need another forward in terms of a wide, rapid winger. You think about that game against against Villa, and what Villa had is they brought off Leon Bailey and they brought on Musa Diaby, and we can't do that. You know, we haven't got the option to bring on a top winger that has got great speed and pace in behind and I'd love us to go out and do that if that's Pedro Neto I think there's a chance it could be his fitness is is a concern his injury record is is a problem but I think more than a center forward we need a versatile rapid forward that can play in those wide positions as well and I think certainly one that maybe could even deputize a center forward but we've got options at center forward we've got Jesus we've got Havertz we've got Trossard and Ketty is still here as well I think that we need to go out and sign a rapid wide forward that's versatile enough to play in multiple positions across the front three. Really hard to do, of course, but I think that's what we need. But I think more so we need another midfielder because at the moment, I'd just love to see us bring in someone else to give us that support where Partey's fitness is just so much more in question. I think we also need another defender. I think we need one forward, one midfielder, one defender. I think we need to move on Partey, move on Elneny, move on probably Nelson and Ketty and get some sales for them, move on one of the two goalkeepers, move on Cedric. You know, there's still a bit of a rebuild that can be done in this Arsenal team come the summer I don't expect it to happen in January because obviously FFP and I think that we'll only make one maybe if we're lucky two signings if that so I really hope that we see one um let's go to boom 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 uh Natov I, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly it says thoughts on Joao Palinha and which players Arsenal should target in January? What are your thoughts on the link to it? Arsenal have an interest in him. They've had an interest. They've watched him a lot. They're very impressed by him. But whether or not they move for him is another question. You know, they may, they could opt to not move for him because the price tag is is too high. Um, but the interest is there. That's for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, certainly whether or not they move for him. I like the move. I think it's a good one. I think if Arsenal can replace Partey, Jorginho and Elneny um, with Palinho and another centre midfielder, maybe even Lewis Skelly is a guy that they look at bringing through, or Patino who comes back in the summer. They're players I think that people need to look out for, that's for sure. Patino's been fantastic. Scored again, by the way, this weekend. Right, I think we're going to end the show there. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure to join you, as it always is. Do drop a like on the video before you go, and of course, subscribe to the channel if you're new. I'll be back tomorrow morning, maybe this evening with a potential preview. I will let you know, um, but I'll definitely be back tomorrow morning to give you all of the news ahead of the game against PSV in the Champions League, which is an early kickoff, 5.45pm UK time tomorrow. So make sure you set your alarms for that one. Have a fantastic day. Stay safe, stay well, and as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. 
all your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.